fast because let's see what's up joe welcome to the show <laughs> thank you thank you for having me i noticed it's episode 220 <laughs> 220 times uh, how is that fucking possible I don't know, man. It's like, but God, we probably did like a thousand of these before we even did the show. You know, because remember, yeah, that's well, how we that's started for, doing this. That's We're for like, goddamn sure. Yeah. So, um, 205. Yeah, when did we start? About this month, this earlier this month, a year ago. Because I remember we got off to a good start with Pumptober. And so I'm but, thinking that was probably like October 4th how, or 5th or something. How do we get to so five days a week? We've missed some in between. Yeah, I remember your all your vacations. That's right. Yeah, it's like 40 something weeks. So yeah, it makes sense. Wow. That's yeah. fucking astounding, dude. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. You do take a lot of vacation, don't you? It is pretty uh, ridiculous. Yeah, I'm gonna take more. <laughs> By the way, we will not be uh, on the air. We will not be uh, streaming the week of Thanksgiving. I will be in New York. Good for you. What yeah, are you guys doing up there, family? We're checking off my wife's bucket list item of the Macy's Day Parade. Wow, that's interesting. That's really going back. It I remember looking mine, at that as a little kid. I mean, God, I don't know if I've watched that in like 30 years, maybe 20 years. Yeah, there was a good I remember a good Seinfeld episode about that. that really? Parade. Oh, I didn't yeah. see that one. It was something about somebody like deflates one of the blimps or whatever, or one of the parade flights. <laughs> oh, know, wait a minute. Difficult. Maybe that is that is vaguely familiar in my head. Yeah, I think I was it was probably when that, too stoned to remember it, but that yeah. old super rich dude that Elaine worked for at one point who was always arguing about the socks, you know, one of the cheap socks or whatever. I think it was yeah. something to do with him. And probably Kramer probably had something to do with it, is my guess. But That's but yeah, funny. you'll have a lot of fun, man. That's gonna be cool. I was thinking about the uh, Kramer's yogurt, frozen yogurt thing. Did you see that one? Yeah, when it got everybody uh, fat weight on everybody yeah because he claimed it had zero calories or no sugar or something that's hilarious it was all playing on the one gal who kramer looks at her and goes oh congratulations and she's like on what and he goes i'm being pregnant she's <laughs> like i'm not pregnant <laughs> you know it was such a good lesson for all the oh. fellas to learn at a young age is oh my god absolutely yeah. So Euphoric says, have you guys ever explained how you guys met, got to know each other before starting the podcast? I'd be interested to hear about it. How we talked a Joe? little bit about it, but it was, um, you oh, know, it was through that group. Yeah. Blockchain Advisory Council or whatever yeah. that we would have called that. Um, yeah. Somebody was rallying up, uh, you know, a community to do blockchain projects around the world. And Brad and I jumped in independently at around the same time. And we started right. producing a lot of the, um, you know, proposals and things because there was a lot of different new plays going on. And it was kind you know, of a DAO before a DAO. It was, yeah. uh, it was a, it was a community of people that were advising projects, right? Essentially. Yeah. So you had like basically, you know, twenty-four hour coverage, teams handing off in different locales, 
doing stuff. I mean, it was, you know, I remember getting up at like four just to get through all the black messages and all oh, the God. this tremendous quantity of stuff to have to do. But, you know, we got a couple of projects going, met a bunch of people. I still stay in touch with some of them. Um, you know, Is like guy, in yeah. India. Yeah, the guy that he was doing, I wonder if he's still doing that farming supply chain project he was doing. Because that was actually really cool. Yeah, he was teamed up with, um, who was the other guy that was always around some of those? Paul, I want to say, maybe. Uh, I don't know if he, the, there was an Africa, South, I don't know, somewhere in Africa, dude, that now lives in Singapore that I kind of occasionally message with every year or so. And there was Paul and there was a couple other ones, but you know, yeah, the, just, only, the good go thing ahead. that came out of that was our connections, our network, yeah. right? We didn't make shit. Did we make any money? I don't remember if I made any money. I don't think it. so. No, I can, I seem to remember being kind of a little bit negative there, but not yeah. in any great way, just in that. Um, it became a bit know. of a clusterfuck with the leader, the guy, that guy was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to really. Yeah. We don't have to go into on anyone, but, but yeah, it just got to be a little too much of a cult of personality going on there. Yeah. And you know me, I got bolted on that right away. I got kicked out of all black groups. Well, you and I were like on the advisory board, or yeah, ever because we. But but wow, that was a clusterfuck. Yeah, yeah, but it was one person who kind of ruined it for everybody. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, it was just a matter of, um, you know, it, it just we all saw the writing on the wall. But we but kept, there were a lot of good people in it. Yeah. That's the thing. We made a lot of those made, guys in London. I'm trying to think. Yeah. There was like, I want to say from Toronto, and I, I just saw him recently, his name pop up, like Ed Luke or something like that, L-U-K. And then there was oh, the yeah. guy in London that I used to deal with a lot. I cannot remember his name. But well, anyway. Was, yeah, it was just, it was that's a, how we was, met. Yeah, it was a, it, it was a, it wasn't a DAO technically. It was a, it became like a corporate structure kind of thing, but it was essentially a community of people that had expertise in all kinds of fields from technical to marketing, to biz strategy, to finance to operations, whatever. And we had projects that were wanting advisory services. And so we would provide whatever that particular project needed to work on. And there were a lot of really brilliant people in that group. Like, that group right now would probably do 500 times better than it did then, like yeah. as a DAO. Like if we had the accumulative probably top 25 of those people together again in a DAO today would do really well. Like because that was the levels of expertise in that group were were there was a ton of experience and a ton of skills. That was really good. Yeah. Look, we had all those Swiss guys in it at the beginning. Oh, that's that right. Just- to it but you know they all bailed they couldn't deal with the, no, they couldn't deal with the personal yeah personality issues yeah um but you know that person i still credit them for taking the initiative yeah um and starting it but but yeah no i i feel like i think there was people in there from the original like estonia 2017 um movements all of those sort of startups you know, there were people coming in from like the UK, London crypto scene, circa 17, 18. Um, there were some Americans, but I remember there was lots of Scandinavians. And, you know, I was bringing all the Singaporeans to the party then. Um, it was it was fun. It was exciting. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I like. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but that was primarily riding all the ICO stuff, you know, right. and what was happening there. It was before all the really cool stuff got going. I exactly. remember we were looking at remember those DEXs we were looking at? 
Yeah. There was a guy in California that had one that I think it turned into one of the other ones now, but you know, he shut it down just because he didn't want to, um, you know, the writing was on the wall. There wasn't, there wasn't volume, of course. So if there's no volume and there's no right. fees, what are you going to put up a target exactly. set on your head for, you know? But yep. there was all this cool tech that kind of was all pre-DeFi or pre-what yeah. we consider DeFi. Yeah, it was and, just kind of getting started. Remember the guy, I don't think he, I don't know if he came through the Blockchain Advisory Council. The guy that I connected with that was doing the... Stellar stuff? No, he wanted to do the tracking from farm to store of yes. goats, but it was for cheeses and milks and, and all of that. Um, mm -hmm. But he actually had an infrastructure. He had a system he, he, and he was a, a very successful uh, wholesaler of those products. Right. And so he wanted oh, to I take the supply yeah. chain and qualify it. Yeah. That was really interesting too. Now there was, that was the thing at that time, you know, everybody kind of looks back and goes, Oh yeah, a bunch of fucking scams. But we actually were connecting with really bright people trying to do really cool blockchain level shit. And, and certainly there were, you know, there were this typical scams that came in to yeah. try to get services. But for the most part, we met some really amazing product projects. Unfortunately, I guarantee you 99.9% .9 of them are dead because the funding dried up. Um, because everybody yeah. thought everything was a scam and that, and it's too bad because some of those things could have driven uh, a lot of activity sooner than what's happening now outside of kind of the financials. Cause there was projects that were not DeFi. They were not financial projects yet. There were some no, that yeah. were DEXs and that, but yeah. But like the encryptions of the world, you know, the life sciences, exactly. stuff, you know, all exactly. of that. I had a really cool application that, you know, wasn't a financial app. You know, yep. it wasn't DeFi. And that's what we kind of, you know, saw. And But then you come back to the DeFi, it's just the purest application to me of blockchain technology. So naturally, you're going to get all the finance stuff. Um, right. it, it's sort of like back in dot-com days. I think I talked about this once where, you know, a lot of the business models were all just kind of like, you know, you, you filled out a form on the website and then somebody called you or somebody sent you a fax or something and you, or you were getting a, some big shit shipped to you or whatever for no shipping. It was right. all of these sort of um, not optimized for the platform, i.e. the Internet. Right. So, right. you know, all of us rapidly came to the conclusion that, hey, man, the product has to be delivered through the Internet, too, ideally. You know, that's where the, you know, music, software, you know, digital stuff. And obviously there's a lot of the other stuff going still, but it seemed like the pure play on, on internet. And, and now you see with crypto, of course, you know, the coming out of finance and strategy consulting and that space, you, the natural application is the financial application. Absolutely. You know, it's the easiest one. Um, but don't forget, you know, like you talked about the food safety one or the, you know, farm to table certifications or organic certifications, you know, there's a lot. I mean, I was talking to Sentient, which is a Fortune 500 company up in Milwaukee. And, you know, they do, um, you know, food, you know, food like fragrances and fragrances and dyes, I guess, in food. Um, but a lot of them, they source from indigenous communities around the world and they try to maintain those communities. So I think they piggybacked on the E&Y supply chain. Uh, blockchain thing. So, you know, you got all these applications that are there too that aren't finance <laughs> related.
Um, that's not. It's sustaining indigenous right. communities and yep. it's certifying that it is that, you know, that indigo dye in, I don't know, whatever, that it's, uh, you know, it's not synthesized in a lab. It's coming from original craftsmen. I think that stuff's cool. Right. Um, but we don't get any publicity on that. Yeah. You know, so because everybody wants to, you know, everybody raise the, the money, bucks. make exactly. the bank. So, you know, the finances where that's going to happen, but it only yep. helps long haul. So, um, you know, I guess we kind of have learned a lot. I mean, I kind of, you got into material indicators after that. I yep. was working a couple other projects, um, but it always circles back to, 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 to some type of crypto play, because to me, that decentralization um, is just so attractive in so many ways. Absolutely. Uh, I was elevating people who don't have anything to where they can have something. That's right. um, so that's right. you know, if we can all make money doing that too, you know, that's a home run. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so I've got a few random shit stuff loaded up, by the way, Joe, a hard stop for me today at 1255. Perfect. I got a, got a call. Uh, but a little bit of, I guess you could call it macro. Uh, Liz, Tr Liz Truss is out. Yeah. I mean, who didn't see that coming? What a clusterfuck. Like, well, wow. you know, I guess my only point there is. Um, oh, wait a minute. Real quick before we get into it. Niblet says prominence is a natural, but. Provenance. Yeah. Global supply chain side makes it way more complex than what blockchain covered provenance. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. he was, oh, I see what he's saying. Okay. Yeah. So basically, you know, authentication, yeah. you know, being able to prove it is, it is what it is. Um, Sean said, bring back Bojo, Boho. Bo oh, Boris Johnson. Oh my God. Seriously. He's Bojo. actually, I saw a headline this morning saying Bojo is actually up to be prime minister again. <laughs> It's like, I thought Americans were idiots. Well, you know, that's what you get with a parliamentary democracy. All right. It is a little bit more chaotic. But I think that the interesting point here. I love, I, I, I would kill for us to have more than two parties. So even if we don't have a parliamentary democracy, we have to function that way. That's, that's why I bill. want ranked choice voting. That's why I want things that will break up the power structure. Right. Because we're going to have to force yeah. it. But I would kill to have some of that at least some of that compromise. I know it slows shit down, but you can't get much slower than we are anyway. So, well, what I like about it is you don't have an all powerful chief executive officer. You know, yeah. you have to rule through coalition. And I think it know. should be a PMXBT PM Sean from the pub. We'll move Ted Downing to, uh, to Ireland. And we're going to put it all on proof of work and decentralize it. And we'll see how it turns out, man. BTC DeFi all the way. <laughs> Sean will turn 10 Downing Street into a mining operation. Yeah, we got to get some NFTs issued too, buddy. You know, so yeah. <laughs> He won't ever do that. No, nah, we'll handle We got to fix that whole guilt lending thing they got going on, that, that DeFi yeah. loop they're playing. And we got to do that with digital. If we do that, then, yeah, we can save it. Yeah, but, um, Euphoric I think, says, thanks for explaining that. Seems like you guys have known each other a lot longer. Yeah, it sure does feel like that. Yeah, yeah. What did they say? <laughs> like, it's, you know, what is that thing of that married joke? It's like, when you hit your fifth anniversary, it feels like your 50th or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, this is all about uh, that. I mean, simplifying it. 
the big tax cut scheme there. Um, unfu- and then basically borrowing money to fund tax cuts, which, you know, just does not work in the way the economy is today, you know, well, when inflation's roaring. So it's just like read the fucking room, lady. I mean, seriously, if there's any other lesson to learn from this, it's like take a fucking breath before you come in here with your trickle down shit. And <laughs> yeah, I don't you know, know how much of it was her or how much was was quasi. Um, you know, I don't know. It just looked bad. I mean, you know, Quaz, I, I, I'm just going to call him Quasi. It's, I'm just, cause I can't remember his Quasi Tang, I think, but you know, I mean, I think he was a scholarship kid at Eton, which is, you know, where all the princes go and all the, uh, the Royals, it's the high end school. So, you know, it just seems like sus that, you know, and I think he's a Ga- Ghanaian immigrant all right, from Ghana, and or at least his parents did. He might have been born there. I don't know the. Um, I don't want to misspeak, but it's it's. I don't know, man. It just seems weird. Like y'all, your buddies, who's going to get the benefit of the tax cut, you know? And then you're floating this idea, and so then all the working class folk and middle class folk and are sitting there going, wait, wait, why are we giving them a tax cut, the highest bracket? Right. Why not us? So it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And and it economically they were absolutely just destroyed by everyone who was like, what are you doing? You know, you right. in a high inflation environment, you don't stimulate the economy. <laughs> exactly. Mean, that's going to create more demand. Um, so I just seem like trying to s- sneak in a big tax cut for everybody is sort of my perception. Well, yeah, and it's then, like a tax cut for buying private jets. Yeah. And then, so she fires them. And he resigns or I mean, very nice resignation letter he put out. I don't know if you guys saw that, but I mean, that type of civility, I always like, you know, Mm -hmm. when it could be usually here, we're like, go fuck yourself, you know, or something like that on the way out the door. Um, But it was just like, you know, he did it right. But then they bring in a new finance minister who flips everything around the other way. And then I think everybody in parliament is like, well, who is running the country? I mean, the finance minister or the prime minister. And so, I think that made her look even weaker and that, sure. you know, led to her demise. But, but yeah, no, it's, I, shit happens, man. No biggie. She'll David rebound. Said so many new viewers these days. I guess he means for us. I don't know. Uh, and he yeah. said, welcome to Z. Welcome to the fam. Welcome to the fam. Yeah. Uh, welcome everybody. Sean says Tories have been in power for 12 years. It's too long. They need time out of power. He said he's a Tory in his blood, by the way. All right. Yeah. And nobody. I, imp- and Euphoric says nobody in parliament is suited to be the prime minister on either side of the political spectrum. Starmer is a nobody and stands for nothing. It's hopeless. Bring on the AI. Bring the singularity. Let's let's just get rid of the fucking humans. Look, man, that's an interesting thing. I mean, it, to say that because UK and London in particular is sort of like a platform without a mission right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're you I like know, the way you phrase that. Yeah, I mean, remember, they were like the greatest naval power that the world had ever known for a long, long, you know, I want to say probably hundreds of years, but a long time. Um, And so they dominated. And then, of course, you know, that empire recedes and other empires come in its place. But but they London is such a vibrant, multicultural city at the center of of just about everything. Um, I think go hard on crypto right now. I mean, you're already the London Financial Center is like probably the biggest offshore banking center in the world. Um, 
So yeah, just ask why not up? Yeah. And everybody else. I mean, come on. It's a lot of Americans do it there too. You know, it's I'm like, just kidding. There's I'm a, just no, kidding. there's a, but you're right. You are right. Absolutely. But you know, there's a theory about if you're going to do stuff like that against the, you know, whatever your home country rules may or may not be that, you know, you hide in plain sight. And that's why London's attractive because everybody's you know, doing it. Exactly. You know, exactly. you go to like the Cook Islands or something, you know, you're one of 12 people. So you don't <laughs> think people are going to pick up on you. Yeah, um, yeah. But so I think it has an opportunity in crypto in particular to really kind of get crypto out of, you know, sorry, Malta, Gibraltar, places like that and get in a main money center um, economic location and let it rip at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, what else right. do you got? You know, yeah. you've got, you don't have a lot of choices at this point. I think yeah, that would make really it a rallying cry. Yeah. Make it a rallying cry. I like it. All right. Um, let me find this. Da, 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 da. So after we discussed FTX yesterday, fucking Sam comes out, SBF comes out with his thoughts on crypto regulation and immediately gets fucking shredded. The like yeah. all of Twitter, including me. Cause it was just like, what the fuck? Like, like, dude, there is nothing about this, nothing about this that helps decentralize decentralizing crypto, decentralized finance. He's basically saying, yes, everybody get a broker's license. Yes, everybody fucking go through a broker interface. I mean, he, he basically wants to fucking wreck DeFi. Now, as we said yesterday, shouldn't surprise anybody. That's he, he has a fiduciary, fiduciary responsibility to his shareholders at FTX to, to make them money. Now, he's got a conflict of interest because Alameda is deep in DeFi, but he probably figures, fuck it, I'll just channel them all through me, right? I'll be the broker interface. And I guarantee you that's what he's thinking. But what, what's fucking annoying about it is he gets in these debates on Twitter basically trying to say that that's not what he meant and he doesn't want to harm DeFi and he wants to keep DeFi alive. And it's like, dude, there is nothing like not a single thing in your policy statements that even reflects that at all. And he is no, God knows he's smart enough to know what it sounded like when he wrote it. Right. So look, I'm, I'm just, I'm done with SBF. I'm done. Definitely will never be doing any more business with FTX will not have anything to do with them. I encourage everybody to dump out of there. If you're an American, go to Binance US, go to Kraken, whatever. But <laughs> don't give this guy any more of your gas fees because he is not looking out for your best interest. So, yeah, I was thinking about that too when, you know, I was looking at my top 10 list again. You remember I have FTT sitting there um, as my sort of maybe one of my last ones. And I was actually thinking about booting it just because of this, because just all the blowback I'm seeing, um, that it, it might not have that growth trajectory I was expecting. Um, but yeah. look, you know, you actually haven't read all of the legislation and that, but it seems to me that, you know, again, the, these are like first drafts in big, long never-ending sausage making episodes okay and you know i would if i were him i would have come out and expressly said what my goals were in response you know in the space to get back on sides because he's he not, just has fumbled this like crazy because he's not going to recover I, I mean look yeah. there's not enough that's going to drive his his exchange out of business or anything a boycott's not going to probably be effective but i i think his reputation is now shot just 
fucked because nobody's yeah. going to trust him. I mean, look, we've learned if we've learned nothing in crypto and DeFi, it's like look at the incentives, right? And so, how do you come back from that, right? Like, unless uh, I tell you the way he can come back from it actively, openly, transparently lobby with his money for with with Congress members who support DeFi being open and available, right? So, yeah, it's a look, it's a tough one. I'm honestly, you know. The KYC AML guys, it's a very tough one for them to get their heads around um, in the U.S. Right. But this is, again, when I think about this, I'm like, it's not, just because it says that here doesn't mean, make, well, let's just say it was illegal here, okay? Doesn't make it illegal in Switzerland. That's right. Doesn't make it illegal in London. Doesn't make it illegal in Singapore. The transitions are just that, or the inflection points then are, you know, how much is the U.S. going to claim global regulation? Um, is it doable, enforceable? And I, I kind of think maybe a little bit on the first part, but is it doable, enforceable? No, it's not. Because when you see, like, this is kind of one of the reasons I'm pretty high on Team India these days, is that. You know, if you have ecosystems running around, you know, layer two rollups, uh, you know, building big ones there that are going to be running DeFi, you know, U.S. regulators can't say anything about that or they might, but they're not going to move to enforce anything. The market's too big, too many users. So when so when we get in this debate about regulation, I just say, look, we've got to always first of all, if you're not let's say living in America or an American citizen living abroad, you probably don't have to even worry about this shit unless you're, you know, taking money from Americans into protocols. Or you want and, to build something in America. Yeah. Or you want to build it here. And that's what I, you know, you I told you keep people, talent have been, here. people have been saying this for two years that, you know, a lot of people are building overseas and then waiting for this to settle and then bringing it back. I mean, obviously, you got to have resources to do that. But well, look, I but, mean, I've reached a point in my life where I have zero loyalty to the United States. I mean, none. I, I, I just have reached that point. I, I think it's a, well, yeah. I don't want to get into it. But yeah. I, I, I have zero problem with with being elsewhere. And oh, I, but that's the point. It, nobody should have a problem doing that. If you want yeah. to do it, do it. I'm not saying yeah. you. I'm saying anyone. No, no, I know what you mean. And so I don't get so frustrated because um, there's always workarounds. Yeah. Um, well, well, the frustration I think is for me is what we were just talking about. Yeah. Is the impact economically that could be positive for the United States will be much less this way now. If I agree. You know, SBF gets his way and everything channels through him and Binance US and Coinbase as brokers, then, you know, there may be some there'll be plenty of money flowing and developers will develop for that regulated infrastructure. But it's not it's not it's not going to bring innovation. It's not going to bring right. the US leading the way because you won't be able to do that. You won't be allowed to do that in in that framework. And so um, I think that's the real problem with it. Yeah, it, it commoditizes it versus yeah. it dumbs it down. Yeah. Um, but I still think that, I mean, I still think that innovation can happen. You know, I still think you can launch protocols and stuff. But, you know, 
I think you got to just be super careful of where you're launching from at this point. That's right. Or, yep. But I look at stuff that, you know, we look at a lot, the stuff on the edge. Like I was looking at one on ZK Sync that's coming out called Trustless that I'm like, that's pretty cool. I mean, they're they're blatantly saying trust no one. And, you know, yeah. they have protocols trying to, to build that. And it, and it has a, you know, a couple of tokens attached to it. They're not doxxed. So at least I don't think they are. So that kind of stuff can keep going on. Um, but I think it does hurt the U S long don't build it here. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it, it just hurts the U S long term, long run competitive wise. Exactly. But you know, the U S doesn't have to control everything. Okay. No, so no, it doesn't, doesn't have, have to. to eat the whole pie. That's so right. let's let India, you know, keep innovating. Singapore, keep going, you know, Japan now keep get going, Switzerland, Germany, Estonia. Where are you these days? We need to see something. And, you know, it's like, yeah, what is there's going on in Estonia? They got a little UK, tighter, I, mean, I think. I think they're a little occupied, you know. Yeah. <laughs> being, well, being right no, I get to, that. Uh, no, I mean, I, I know they were doing a regulatory shift, though, and that's what I'm talking about, that they were yeah. they were actually locking down a little bit on what they had originally uh, set up in that country to make it easier. Yeah, um, like remember they so. had that digital passport or whatever you could get? Yep, yep. I think Sean had his business set up there, if I'm not mistaken. By the yeah. way, Sean said Genesis Block quoted, that would be the Genesis Block of Bitcoin, quoted the uh, Financial Times of London, the empire will strike back. And then he said, um, you guys choose proof of stake. Sam is showing you the future of those decisions. You should be in a place that these regulations could have zero impact. You reap what you sow in time. So I'm going to break this down a little bit. First of all, um, yes, I do personally choose proof of stake. I like it. I also like proof of work, as you guys have heard me say many times here. Um, but uh, bank, Bitcoin is not exempt from this. So Americans, um, Bitcoin will be under the CFTC. And that's what these regulatory frameworks that SBF is going after and requiring brokers and all of that. It'll be the same for Bitcoin. Um, so Bitcoin and Ethereum are the first two named. They will be the ones that uh, apply qualify as commodities and they'll be the ones regulated the way that SBF wants to. But the last part of your um, statement is true. So it has nothing to do with proof of stake. Um, the last part of your statement is true um, that uh, you should be in a place uh, that these regulations could have zero impact. And I totally agree with you and probably will get out of here as soon as my kids graduate from high school. So uh, but there's nothing wrong with that to go see the world, you know, have some yeah, fun. No. You know, yeah. so, you know, look, if you get another passport, I'm not a developer. So, um, you know, aside from a little uh, Pascal back in the last millennium um, that I probably got a C in that class, um, that's about it. So, um, you know, to me, where I have to be careful is just on the financing side of protocols and, you know, where I put stuff in. So I'm super careful on that, you know, as to not. You know, I think about those rules, but, sure. you know, that's what we have to do. But yeah. other places, you know, you go where you can, where you like, because what you do is like, I mean, to, in my opinion, is not not covered by a lot of this, you know, because you're not really, I don't see ex a lot of exposure. You could go anywhere and do what right. we do. You know, I right. feel like I right. can go anywhere and do what I do. I like to go somewhere where it's cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, fuck, I got to tell you, I've run the numbers. Living as a nomad in Airbnbs will be dramatically cheaper than living in fucking Miami. 
<laughs> so yeah. it doesn't matter where I am in the world. It really it, like zero, zero impact. It, it doesn't it, almost anywhere I could go, except maybe Singapore, you know, is, is going to be cheaper than living in Miami. So, you know, well, and also don't forget when you're off, you know, doing the show on the road, you know, doing show client development on the road, those become business expenses. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Okay. When there you're you go. sitting in one place in your home location, yep. that is not a business expense. That's I mean, of right. course, maybe the home, no, office, home office part. stuff, but that's it. Yeah. But I'm talking about the yeah, the whole enchilada. Right. So, Niblet said Niblet said wise is Estonian, just need a crypto path. I'm not sure what he means. Does he mean wise the money transfer service? Maybe that's what he's talking about. There is a money transfer service called wise that I actually use. Um, oh, yeah. But I'm not so. He said just needs a crypto path. I think that's what he means. And he said former Skype team, I think. So uh, I think what he's saying is the pro the service wise is run is backed is run by Estonians out of Skype. Yeah. Transfer wise. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Sean yeah. said the CFTC will have zero impact on the Bitcoin blockchain. Unlike proof of stake systems that is happening now. Um, there is a potential for that. I, I will not argue um, with that um, statement, but the topic of today was related to um, the regulatory framework that um, Mr. SBF wants to put in place, which will impact Bitcoin for Americans. So, and most likely that'll spread to the rest of the world if it becomes the regulation de facto in the United States. So, yeah, because they're going to end up having all the wallets ID'd eventually. Um, well, and look, half of the half of the world will just copy paste our fucking regs to the most for the most for the most part. From a yeah, I mean, money. it's the easier, it's easier, yeah. it's the path of least resistance. How about that? Yeah, because yeah. then you can always say, "Oh, we copied." You know, it's like what we talk about. You know, hiring Anderson or hiring yeah. KPMG or yeah. IBM. You I mean, know, don't get fired for that if they f it up. But, yeah. you know, so if you mess something up, you're going, well, dude, we we're using the U.S. regulations. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, OK. But if you go and say, oh, dude, we were using the uh, I don't want to pick on anybody, but name any other country. Um, but OK, we're using the Lebanese regulations. How about that? Um, right. Everybody's going to be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so cover your ass. Um, Nothing personal, Lebanon. Uh, Amin from Avalanche, who's not my favorite leader, uh, kind of mother cult of personality, bombastic asshole type. Um, but uh, I must give credit where credit is due. And um, they, I didn't know this was going this direction, but their new platform called Core, which was starting off as just a wallet, is now becoming a DeFi dashboard. And I installed the plugin last night and it's, not covering a lot of chains yet, but it will be, and you can see where it's going cross chain with the ability to track everything your wallet does for you and shows you all of your DeFi investments. So they have essentially built a wallet that is a competitor to Zapper, Zerion, DeBank, et cetera. And I'm really impressed with this strategy. I think this is a really smart thing for Avalanche to do. It's a, it's a fuck ton better than the idiots at Solana trying to build a phone. So, um, I'm a, I'm I'm really really impressed with this strategy because now it puts, you know, look, if you create a really useful cross-chain DeFi tracking tool and it's a wallet and it's something that's user-friendly, which so far it's pretty good, 
um, then what you end up with is a tool that allows people to default to Avalanche whenever possible, right? You're still covering all the other chains that are EVM compatible. You're still giving people all the information they want, but you're going to drive user attention to projects in Avalanche with that platform. I mean, it just makes total sense that they would. So to me, there's a really smart strategy, supports NFTs. Um, and like I said, it's it's they're still building it. They need more chains. There's only a few in there, but so far I'm impressed, including uh, Bitcoin tracking, uh, by the way. So as much as I dislike this guy, got to give credit because I think this is a really smart strategy. Really, really smart strategy. So we'll see what happens. So let me ask a question. Um, I was kind of checking something else out while you were talking. Oh, nice. Sorry, but I was just kind of, it's okay. I was trying to get a live tweet out for you talking about it, but um, what is it that you think is so advantageous about it? Well, look here. I mean, so there are competitors in this space to bank Zapper, Zerion, and I'm sure there'll be more MetaMask is trying to get there, but they're so fucking painfully behind and their code base is probably so painful to work with that. I don't, I kind of write them off in that space, mm -hmm. but all of these projects make it easy or easier for me to track what my money is doing in all the protocols that I'm in. Right. And so um, Zapper is adding a wallet to their DeFi uh, dashboard that lets me report. And they've already had some rudimentary capabilities to deposit in protocols, et cetera. But now they're building a wallet onto their dashboard so that you can manage all of your investments across DeFi. Right. Well, that's similar to what Avalanche is doing with this product called Core, because essentially Core is a DeFi dashboard and a wallet integrated together, free to use, whatever. But the beauty of it from my perspective is this, with dropping TVL in your chain, right? And yeah. all of the chains now trying to compete and four or five new chains launching every month, um, you need to stand out. So if you can really, I mean, the, the key here is if they get really good at providing a free tool that I can use to keep track of my investments and it covers every chain in the EVM space plus, then I am more likely when they pop up an avalanche protocol and ask me to try it out, I'm more likely to try it out, right? So if they can get attention with this thing, if they can get users using it because it is cross-chain, I think it does a lot to help Avalanche grow eventually. And I think it has potential for that. It also probably will have an incorporation of Avalanche protocols into the interface, right? So now you're giving developers in the Avalanche ecosystem or people considering Avalanche more to grab hold of. So hmm. I think it's just a smart a smart play. It's a good investment of time and resources to build an interface to DeFi that you can help people see more of Avalanche. And uh, uh, that to me is is a smart play. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I was going through my three top 10 list, you know, tier one, two, and three. I'm going to put them up soon. Just juggling some stuff around. But, you know, I kept coming to the, looking at like Avalanche, Solana, FTM, and started thinking, man, with, with all the roll-up stuff going on and the um, uh, virtual machine stuff, they got a tough road to hoe, basically, to That's right. get people on those platforms. And we talked before, what, like 96% of the TVL is concentrated on like Ethereum uh, or, you know, Ethereum-based smart contracts or Ethereum-based layer two type protocols. 
Yeah. Um, some number like that. I might be off a few, few, few uh, digits. But so the challenge is, how do you get people there? And, you know, at a four and a half billion dollar valuation, I think Avalanche has right now, or market cap, whatever we want to call a number, you know, they got to do, you know, they got a challenge, man. To They're only at one point. Oh, uh, well, the market cap, no, sorry, market cap to TVL is 1.77. Sorry about that. Yeah. Okay, no. And what's TVL about two billion? Uh, let me look. Two point five four billion. Yeah. Okay. So they got down some decent. Two, two four. Yeah, down from three point three. Yeah. So forty two percent of that is Ave. Yeah. So that's a challenge. I mean, just when we're looking at stuff like, oh, I think we will get Greg from Stardium on Monday or Tuesday. I don't. Oh, I don't see him booked yet. We talk about Stardium, ZK Sync. You know, I mean. We've been talking about our Beecham and recently Aptos. But you go to all of these, you see what's going on in these other smaller ones that are just going. And I'm like, it's hard for these big ones to maintain it now because those groups are all fighting for developers too. Yep. And they're all in the standards or the languages that most of the people are already using. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good move for AVAX. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I just think it's a really smart strategy. Niblets makes an awesome point here. Yeah, I happen to be a progressive automobile insurance customer. It says progressive insurance carved out a strong position by providing objective insurance price dashboard, even when the data favored competitors. So it is a validated marketing tactic, right? Because yeah. and he's right. You build up goodwill and you build up trust. If you're willing to say to people, hey, here's everything you have. Here's some opportunities. By the way, if you want to check out our opportunities, they're here as well. You know, it's a really great way to to build trust, to build brand recognition, to make people default to you more often. So it's a it's a smart strategy. I absolutely agree, Niblets. Well, absolutely right, agree. because you're not tricking them into making the decision. You know, you're not manipulating them. When you give them all the information and then they still choose you because of service or loyalty or something else, that's the home run. Yep. Now, on the other hand... Phantom. And you know, I love mm. Phantom and you know, I love the folks at Phantom and I love the teams and developers at Phantom, but they shut down their rewards program for developers in the middle of the total market collapse. They announced they were moving it to Gitcoin. And so what do, what are protocols doing? Protocols are leaving, right? Protocol founders are saying, I got to have revenue. I, I got to eat. And so they're moving their plat their protocols to other chains. They're not moving, they're copying, they're duplicating, whatever, on other chains. But now Gitcoin is announcing that the launch is going to be delayed. So mm -hmm. I I understand why they just they did this move. I just feel like the timing really sucked. And I why think was it why did they do the move? Be because the, they felt like the way that the project was, the, the incentives were managed and the way they favored bigger protocols on the chain wasn't fair and it didn't entice new protocols, right? It was all based on how much uh, volume you were driving on chain, okay. which made sense initially. But then eventually it just became the biggest guys taking most of the money and it didn't do anything to incentivize little guys. Right. It didn't incentivize somebody who was going to come in and only have 20 or $40,000 in TVL in the first month. So there, it, 
supposedly this new structure at Gitcoin is going to be better. I, I don't know the details of it, but you know, we'll see. I'm just, um, I feel like, I feel like the window is um, closing. It's closing. I'm getting very nervous quickly. Um, look, you're absolutely right. Why would a small developer with a small amount of TPO pick that chain right now? Um, when, yeah, when others will give you a grant right away out of the gate. Hey, here's a hundred grand. Right. And there's tons you know? of energy in the other ones. You know, everybody's excited. You know, Phantom's like a death roll basically at this point. And and I'm not trying to be harsh, but if you're new and you're looking, you know, you don't want to go where everybody's swimming upstream to get right. back to someplace. You want to go where there's you know, everybody's pulling the oars in the same direction, trying yep. to build a community, tons of energy. And then you're going to pick the smaller ones for that, I think. But yep. there was something about Phantom with um, and how it works with Ethereum, if I remember correctly. What EV virtual machine compatible or something? Wasn't oh, it's something EV, about no, it's totally EVM compatible. And their EVM engine is more powerful. They have, look, the, the tech is top drawer. Right. And the building and the upgrades they're doing to it is better. It will be advantageous as a developer to have your protocol default to Phantom first because you will have higher performance in this next version coming out. Right. I don't know when it's coming out. Yeah. But, so they have they're optimizing the EVM for people that deploy to Avalanche and it will perform better. Your code will still work on other EVMs. Right. So it's what we were talking about yesterday is the, the one thing about EVM compatibility is that is that it means anybody can bring stuff to you. The downside right. of EVM compatibility is, is that anybody can bring their shit off of you, right? Right. The, whereas you've got Solana and Algorand and others who are proprietary, the all Aptos and Sui, um, who are more proprietary. The move language is being used by a couple of projects, but, but you establish a moat when you're the only chain with Rust. Right. If you can recruit enough developers in, it's a lot fucking harder to get off of Solana. Right. I mean, yeah. that's why people stay it's locked sticky. in. Yeah. But when shit's not smelling good and not looking good, you know, look, I know I've had some conversations with people in the space that have successful protocols um, and they are not happy and they are exploring other options. And it's too bad because they actually love Phantom. They love the Phantom team. They love the protocol. They love the technology. The, but, you know. You got to go where the, where the action is. A new pair of shoes. Yeah. 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 But also, look. So now it comes down to something that you know really well. Marketing. So how do these chains? I mean, look. If, if it's not going to be differentiating on protocol functionality or chain functionality like it's faster it's better whatever then it has to be differentiating on marketing creating a need for people to want to be there like how are you going to bring users in there that aren't just developers and builders I'm not well, diminishing them i'm just saying that yeah the first you thing i pull would in the customers the and i don't see fans doing would, that the first thing i would fucking do is pull look alchemix launches on phantom phantom provides them no incentive provides them no money maybe they maybe they got a grant i don't know about it so i shouldn't say that but there's no there's there's no reason there but alchemix is bringing community into phantom because people right. want to try alchemix on phantom who are alchemix fans right take a stack of fucking money 
and go throw it at the largest community protocols on competing chains. That's yeah. what I would do right now today. Because you're the look, all every protocol in this world is pulling from a pool of users. And that pool isn't going to grow much more in the next six months. So you got you got two choices. Try to integrate into the real world and figure out some partnerships that you can do that with and do biz dev as a pro, as a chain or a protocol to go out and get that. Or figure out a way to get more of these existing core users that are sticking with DeFi onto your protocol. And right now, the only way to do that is to entice a community over because you entice, entice a protocol over. Or, you know, outrageous fucking Olympus level um apys on a few protocols that gets people excited right um but the problem is is phantom had that massive increase in tvl the beginning of the year because of brain fart what's his name's protocol that he was launching and all these projects came over because they wanted the big prize they wanted the nfts they wanted the the money they, huh Andre? Was it Andre? Andre, thank you. I, yeah. I was drawing a total fucking blank. Andre Crime. <laughs> and and they all came over and all the protocols and the TVL grew like fucking tremendously. And that was because the incentives were there for users and the incentives were there for the protocols, right? But there was big money on the line for those folks. And then he fucked everybody. And I to this, I I will never stop blaming Andre Cronier for 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 pushing this this chain over the fucking cliff because had he not, they could have continued to pull through and do what they were doing. So I would throw money at protocols to come over. But yeah. it's it here's the thing. If you're a protocol and you say, okay, yeah, cool, I'll take that money and I'll deploy, but do you have an incentive to encourage your users over there? Right? Or are you worried yeah. that your users are going to be on a dying chain and you shouldn't have you're hurting harming your um, reputation? I don't know. Look, I still love Phantom. I still love the team. I think they have awesome tech, awesome people. And I, and I don't, it, if you have enough cash, you can ride this out and not fucking worry about it. Right. And, and start, start bribing protocols in a year and you'll be fine. Right. You can ride it out and you could grow again in the next bull market, whatever that timing is. So I'm not counting anybody out. I'm not saying it's dead. I don't think it'll die. I think it'll still be around. I just am concerned yeah, this shit's not it. happening. So. Well, look, you know, it's sort of like there's all those dead chains still around um, from 2017. Yeah, I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone, but you know, the Cardano's, Stellar's, Trons, all of those types, and I wouldn't touch any of those. I mean, if you own it, yeah, you know, hold on to it till it pops in the next wave, and and maybe get out at that point. But it's not one I'm buying, certainly. Well, if I don't I have. Uh, here's what, but FTM is one that I think yeah. survives over them. That's my point. I do too. Yeah, I agree. I will tell you this. There was a discussion in the, you know, material indicators for our subscribers that are, are with us for, have a subscription that's a year or more, right? Okay. Um, we have a premium group, but it's not like a trading premium group or signals or anything. That's just, all the old, that's all the old if, guys. If you, so. buy a, if you buy a year's worth of services from us, you get into this premium group. And so somebody was asking questions yesterday about DeFi, about a lot of these guys are centralized exchange traders, right? And so they were asking questions about DeFi and some specific tokens. And Sol was in the list. ADA was in the list. AVAX was in the list. And the thing I said about ADA is, is as much as I hate that dick that runs that, 
I shouldn't use the term hate. I tell my kids not to say hate. As much as he annoys me. There you go. I wouldn't count ADA out. First of all, fervent, committed com community, like hardcore, fervent community is, is number one. Number two, still one of the top ranked coins in the world, right? I mean, bottom line is, has the, has the users, has the trading volume, is top, top dog. If I were them, I would continue to build what they're building, try to fix this academic circle jerk they have going on with their tech and actually make it function. And I would go hardcore after, I would ignore the entire DeFi spectrum because the DeFi world hates them, right? The DeFi world isn't going to touch it. I would ignore it all and I would go hardcore in bed with- Algorand? Well, no, hardcore in bed with institutional, with traditional finance, with fintech. I would circumvent everything that exists in DeFi today and present myself as, you know, you can go the regulated path, right? Set up with brokers, set up with whatever and say, here we are. We're the, we're the safe ones. Or you can just say, look, I want to integrate my, my, my protocols and my chain with the real world. While DeFi is over here not integrating with the real world. I don't give a shit about them. I'm just going to ignore them and circumvent them. So I think right. that there's a play there. Yeah, because the real world doesn't really know anything about DeFi. Exactly. Um, my question about Cardano, though, did they ever settle up with the SEC on their fundraising? Did they ever, did they ever become an uh, issue? No idea. No. So I no what point. I wonder, though, is when they start going more toward institutional, like, that might pop up. Yeah, they got um, the money to pay the fine. And they'll have to yeah. settle up. But the thing about there, I didn't really just, I mean, I didn't, don't do anything over there. I used to own Cardano a lot, 18 through 19, before I, on that little July rally, I think it was, maybe summer of 2019. Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, it had tripled and I was out. But, yep. you know, I watched that stuff go all the way down. Yeah. Um, so to me, they hold up because there's a lot of people not selling. But I think right. the market cap's a joke. Yeah. Absolute total joke. Well, um, the reason it stays up is it's been a really tradable coin. People who day yeah. trade, people who who swing trade, love love ADA. So, Joe, no, I, we, we've covered go, like man. three fucking yeah. things, and it's already twelve fifty five. I can't believe it. It's crazy. Yeah, good crazy. chat, good chat, man. Yeah, good. Well, let's hope everybody else liked it as much as you and I did. <laughs> Seems like the numbers are holding. You know. <laughs> Nip, We're let's, still pulling down eighty thousand views. Sean, yeah, Sean, euphoric, niblets, everybody that uh, participated today. Eamon, we love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for jumping in. Thanks for your opinions and context, um, context feedback, et cetera. If you want to talk more, join r slash Mission DeFi on Reddit. We, uh, we have a, a growing community there that we're trying to build up. So we'd love to have you join us over there. Um, please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It does a huge amount to boost us. Just go to Mission DeFi on either of those platforms and click the rate or review button, and that'll take you straight in. Write a few words, tell us how great we are, and uh, that'll help boost signal so we get more people in here. Joe and I still want to do this every day. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and click the little bell so you get notified when new episodes come out. I think that's it, Joe. Did I cover it? James, thanks so much. James Strickland said, great show, guys. Thank you, James. Appreciate that. Love the feedback. Um, that's all I got for today, Joe. Hope you have a great afternoon. I'll catch you guys later. Yeah, no, great show as always. Thanks, everyone. Um, like we said, I think we got Greg from Stardium next week. And nice. You know, oh. take a look at. Go ahead. Uh, speaking of multiple passports, I'm dropping uh, my interview with Nick Dracone tomorrow. 
uh, one of the more respected uh, prognosticators and traders in the space who started a content site called Ravello. So look cool. for that tomorrow. Also, check out everybody, check out Trustless on ZK Sync. Um, cool. It's very interesting. So I'm digging in there. We'll hopefully get those guys on the show soon, too. But anyhow, everybody have a great day and we'll chat tomorrow. Be safe. Sounds good. Thanks, Joe.